This is Created the Podcast. This week's guest is Anne Mara Hinton. Anne Mara is the Director of Bridge Educational Services at Lifeline Children's Services. Today, we'll talk about education, passion, perseverance, and why Anne Mara's calling right now seems to be working to help bridge those educational gaps with kids. But we'll also talk about what does that look like within the sphere of the gospel. I loved my conversation with Anne Mara because it really just encompassed who she is, her heart for the gospel, following Jesus, but also this idea of is the thing we're doing right now what we should always be doing? Or is it just a small piece of what the Lord is calling us to do? Anne Mara is wonderful. She is a breath of fresh air to anyone that knows her. She has so much knowledge and information. Every time I talk to her, she's read a new book, listened to a new podcast, but she's so excited about it. And that's what I love about her. But she's amazing. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. I direct Bridge Educational Services, which is just a program uh, of Lifelines. And so now before that, I was a part of a, another nonprofit ministry Um and we just kind of made uh, Lifeline, when I came on board with Lifeline, uh, Bridge Educational Services became that that program. So, um, and it Great. just developed from there. We just built it up. Yeah, I love it. Well, I am so excited to talk to you. And like, just so people know, everyone loves Anmara. Like, everybody, I just feel like every time somebody talks about you, they're like, I love Anmara. Like, she is so great. And then when like you get to know you, it's it's you realize why like well. you're just like you know you have like a bunch of energy but you're also <laughs> like so sweet and caring and you're like a sold out believer and then you yeah. know a million things like yeah. I'm just like how do you keep all this stuff up here um so so, sweet. <laughs> so I think like probably just about everybody that's ever going to be on this podcast you to me are like multi-talented and have all these things but the main sphere of it is education right and so can you talk a little bit about what your history is around education and just like I mean yeah. even going as far back as like when you're a kid what did it feel like around education and then like as you went to college and that kind of thing can you give us like a snapshot of what that is yeah yeah definitely yeah the journey you know the journey is never finished right and um but I, um, so, so what really got me involved in education or kind of is I come from a, a family of educators. My, my mom was actually a Head Start teacher. And so I can remember as a little girl wanting to um, skip school and pretend like I was sick and so that I could <laughs> stay out of school just so I could go to school with her, you know, and, uh, and, and she would put us to work. I mean, we'd go to, to the classroom and we'd lay on the little cot in the office for a few minutes. And then before long, you know, we were cutting something out or, you know, participating in her group time or something like that. And so I really uh, was introduced that way. And then um, later on, it, uh, I did get um, really excited about working with uh, folks that have disabilities in special education. And or um, when I attended a camp, I was a part of 4-H. And so I attended a 4-H camp where we were the volunteers with other adults, actually, adult campers uh, that had uh, significant disabilities. And that was in fourth grade. And I came home from that camp and looked at my parents and said, I'm going to be a special ed teacher oh, and cool. never, uh, never turned back. I mean, just kind of always just jumped into it. And, um, you know, a, a lot of kids do, including my, my, my three children, change their major their first year in college. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't even think I knew you had three children. I knew it was two. I, I know about a son and a daughter. I don't think I knew about the other one. Yeah, I have two girls and okay. a boy. So I have okay. a 24-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 20-year-old. Okay, And Great. so, yeah. So they're all, one's married, and the other two are in school. Well, they're actually taking gap semesters this year, but, but that's a whole other story. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. And so, um, so that's kind of how I got into special education. And then, you know, just love, I love, I love working with kids. I love working with the vulnerable population. I love working with kids who, who don't quite fit the box, you know, because I wasn't one of, I was one of those kids that didn't fit the box. Um, and so I just, uh, I was, I was it, it's funny to, 
continue because this morning my husband was listening to another podcast and he and the the guy on it, I can't even remember which one it was, uh, but the guy on it um was talking about that book, The Little Engine That Could. Mm-hmm. And um and I was like, I remember my mom reading that story. I mean, because academics did not come easy to me. And uh, I was one of those kids, even in college, where my roommates would study like 10 minutes and they'd get an A on the test. And I'd study hours and barely make a C. You oh, know? yeah. And so, yeah. I, well, yeah. You, we've yeah. talked about this and that's <laughs> my experience. I completely understand that. I mean, growing up, I felt like I was sort of smart you know like not trying to but I was like what am I missing like (laughs) everybody else seems to be able to connect things a lot quicker (laughs) like they see it's like now I could verbally and this is I think where we're different I'm a I learn well verbally like I can hear Mm -hmm. things verbally um Mm -hmm. and I think you mentioned you're more visual right Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're super visual. You're visual like my daughter. And so for people that don't know, Amar has done an educational screening on my daughter. So that's why we even know any of this stuff. We've had a long (laughs) conversation and my daughter is like super visual, loves puzzles, can like see things in her brain. And I'm so not a seer. Like I can literally, honestly, my best way of taking in information is podcasting because it's audio. So it's like, I'm just hearing it. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's really cool. So it sounds like sort of what your struggle was kind of even connected you to the population that you know, you want to work with because yeah. you empathized because you're like, Hey, I know what it's like to not just get it the yeah. first time. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, and that's, and that, and, and that holds true even today. I mean, you know, even when talking with families and teachers and parents and, and whoever God puts in front of, you know, the door, uh, you know, no appointment is not a divine appointment, right? We're, we're, we're connected for a reason. And so I, uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely speak in, and I, like, even right now, I mean, I know that this is a podcast, but the fact that we are actually doing it over Zoom and I can see your face, I mean, it makes a big difference than if I'm just sitting here trying to hear what you're saying, you know? Oh, and so I can yeah. completely understand that because it's yeah. like a different, and so, you yeah. know, I just think it's such a cool part of the way that God makes all of us to mm-hmm. receive information differently, to learn differently, to relate to others in a different way. And I think so mm-hmm. many times in life, we're always trying to get people to move over to like maybe what we're good at Mm -hmm. but that's just not the way that God created us and I think he created us all differently for a good reason and so I love the connectivity to that um so I don't think I've mentioned this on the show before but um so Lifeline Children's Services um we're a ministry and um to equip the church to manifest the gospel to vulnerable children and so um underneath that umbrella we have a lot of um we started off as uh, a ministry that was that was ministering to expectant moms and, you know, then turned into if they wanted to make an adoption plan and then turned into years later, you know, international adoption and foster care and so many things that Lifeline is doing all around the world. Um, So it's cool to see that picture of like the vulnerable is important to you and to see how God has used that over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. all the way up to now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think, going back, I'm sorry, I think I interrupted your story, but go, you know, no, you know, so, so go back to, you yeah. know, you were yeah. like, I want to work with special education. Yeah. So, uh, so I went to, I went to the university of Tennessee, Knoxville, and I got my undergrad and master's in special education and, um, married, uh, my husband and we, uh, began our journey together. And I taught in a, uh, self-contained emotional, then what was called uh, an emotional disturbance type of classroom. I don't like that name really, uh, but it was basically a classroom for, for children that had significant uh, behavior issues. And so, um, so did that for a few years while he was in seminary and um, then um, started diving into just the different diagnoses that kids have, like whether that's a ODD or autism. Uh, in the special ed world, we call this the alphabet because there's so many different acronyms for all the different diagnoses that, that are out there and had the opportunity to teach in a regular classroom as a first grade teacher for a number of years. And then also consulted with schools on uh, working with children that are on the spectrum or had uh, learning disabilities like dyslexia or auditory processing and um, then or just expressive language disabilities. And uh, then about Oh, goodness. I have to calculate when it was um, started working. Uh, my husband is also in, in education. And so 
um, just had a heart and he's in private education. So this led me to have a heart for um, children that didn't necessarily fit the box because a lot, unfortunately, not because they, they don't want to, but unfortunately in a lot of private schools, uh, they don't have the resources to be able to provide for children that have learning differences or know how to do that. And so um, we, I started a little program in Birmingham when we, when we lived there, we're now in North Carolina, but um, that was specifically for children that had learning disabilities at school. And when that happened, um, most of the kids that we, we ended up serving, that was called New Beginnings um, Academy. And, and that was a private, something that you and your husband started. Um, just me. My husband was with, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, well, he, yeah. and I want to stop you because I want to go back to, so up until that point, what was it through all the stuff that you did, like, you know, the the emotionally disturbed, which you said, you hate that yeah. term. I don't really like the term either. Um <laughs> And yeah. just all the educational pursuits you've done in, uh, up until that time, even all the experiences you had in your bachelor's and master's degree, what was it that stood out? It was like, I love this part, but not this part. Because I think that's what happens to a lot of people, like me included. Yeah. You do a bunch of jobs and then you're like, yeah. I can't stand this or I don't yeah. like this. But this yeah. thing, if I could do that every day, that would be great. And yeah. how did that part connect to starting New Beginnings? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, unfortunately, in special education in the pri- in the public world, <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> that's probably and and there's a lot of uh, diagnosing, but not necessarily taking it to the next level. Like, so you may receive a diagnosis, but then there's the what do you do now? And so I was able to, and, and I wanted to do what do you do now that you know? You know, what do we do now? What And what's underneath? What's driving this? Not just, hey, this is a disability that your child may have, but what's going on? What Because, because the beauty in all this in that process is when science really started just exploding and we got these these images of brains and we can we begin begin to see how the brain works by these pictures on these MRIs or these uh, functional MRIs so we could see what was actually happening and and so I was really just excited about the science part of it and how that could influence and impact like what we do practically in the classroom and so that really what what kind of motivated me because I wanted to get beyond the paperwork and beyond the diagnosis because the diagnosis as a believer, the diagnosis is a label. And I, I think our label as believers are, are image, we're image bearers. We're children of God. Of course. That yeah. is our label. That is who we are. And so, but the beauty of the science is that we now know that the brain's not fixed. Right. It can change. And so I really wanted to be able to influence and help help kids and teach kids and empower them, equip them, you know, use all those wonderful verbs to to know that they could succeed and they could be who God created them to be. They didn't have to be stuck. And that's I think yeah. the system creates a roadblock for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. Um, and mainly just it's not, you know, I don't think they do it on purpose. I just think it's there there's a lot of education there there's a lot of things that have to happen and there's a lot of kids out there and I I wanted to get out of being stuck I I wanted to get out and I love that (laughs) and so I think this really rings true of a conversation we had in the past about labels um Mm -hmm. you know like and it's I think first of all when you're when you're talking about life outside of the aspect of there being a creator and us being created in his image I think Mm -hmm. it just, it's just different. You know, it's not like everything's arbitrary. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no goal. The goalpost moves around and like, there's nothing that tells you just morality wise, even like where, where is the line? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is what starts to happen. And that's why you do see a lot of these kids that we do see working for an adoption agency and from vulnerable situations where the label just takes over. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just no answer because people Mm -hmm. go years and years and they're just like, please diagnose my child or please diagnose this thing. And then it's like, you get the diagnosis. What did it do? Like, Mm -hmm. what did it do for you, you know, for your child or what? I certainly Mm -hmm. believe diagnosis give you validation. Um, Sure. 
Yeah. Like I have ADHD. I know that from a validation standpoint, it's like, okay, well, I'm not crazy. This is why this has happened. And this is the science behind it. But the term ADHD doesn't tell me what my value is. And it doesn't tell you who I am. And it doesn't tell me anything about the way I can necessarily interact about with the world. So what I hear you saying is, you know, like maybe the public school system at times Mm -hmm. didn't get that part right because they didn't know where to point and you wanted to actually tackle that problem. Yeah. 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 And, and also, I mean, yeah, because I mean, if we, if I had to dig deep from it myself, I mean, I definitely, like I said, I I have an auditory processing issue, you know, I don't hear sound, you know, and, and, and in a, in a world that would be considered dyslexic or auditory processing, you know, and different things like that. I, I struggle to learn how to read. But I also didn't want to make that my excuse for not doing what God has called me to do, you know, and that is to be, you know, what is the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever in everything we do, whether that's schoolwork, whether that's our job, you know, and so I don't, I, I want to be able to offer that to children as well too you know um i think we could we definitely need the labels the labels help us they give us tools and strategies to be able to overcome certain things but it's just to remember it's not who we are and 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 then we we've got to move past that you know (laughs) well you just said it it's kind of like it's almost like if you took a certain narrative around labels you could almost truly use it as an excuse Mm. to treat others not correctly because you know I have impulse issues you know oh yeah that doesn't mean you have an excuse to mistreat people or you could use it as an excuse for for tons of reasons as to why you're not doing what God called you to do you know because I talk about this thing like you know as believers there are so many people who really are living in an excuse bubble of (laughs) I can't because this yet I know you do, Anmara, because you see so many vulnerable kids and so many vulnerable people who used to be vulnerable kids and now they're adults who Mm -hmm. they're not using excuses. People who Mm -hmm. don't have limbs or they Mm -hmm. don't have um, the cognitive Mm -hmm. ability of another person and they're doing 10 times what you could ever do and you're Mm -hmm. able-bodied. And Mm -hmm. I think that is disturbing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That means Mm -hmm. that shows me God can use any willing vessel and we just want to go down this narrative. And I think it connects to do we as a people know who we are in God? Like, do we know who we're created to be? Yeah. I don't necessarily know that we do. And I think that's why we work within the Christian lens. That's why we yeah. work within, um, you know, trying to show people that you are an image bearer and you're valuable to, yeah. to the yeah. body of Christ. And you, yeah. and, and God has a purpose for you. Yeah, I, I have a great example story of that that happened the other day. I may have even mentioned it to you, but I had a little girl. Um, she She's a little girl. Well, she's, she's 16. She has Down syndrome. And she um, was actually hiding from from her uh, her, her teacher. And uh, so her teacher came in and said, hey, do you think you could help me with this? So this is a little co-op that we actually have at the at the church that we are at. And it's a bridge co-op. So it's, it's a bridge tutors that are doing this. And um, anyway, so she came in and I said, sure. So I went in and I said, I was talking to the girl trying to coax her to say, I finally said, hey, hey, what, it, what would it take for you to come out for, so that I could help you? And just, you know, and, and at, at first, you know, we were trying to work through some of the, you know, cognitively, is she thinking, is she processing, is she okay? You know, is she feeling safe, you know, and different things like that. And just as clear, as clear as day, she goes, Starbucks. Oh my goodness, stop. <laughs> That's hilarious. She's like, I'm in for this bargaining game. I already know how this works. I already had what I wanted on my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that not so funny? You know, so we we think that, hey, here's a girl that has Down syndrome. She just doesn't think as clearly or she's not processing the information, you know, and, um, and, you know, about being safe and that she's secure and, you know, and, and, and different things. And then, I mean, yes, she definitely knew exactly what she was doing, you know, so it was, but it was, said, and, it, and I was like, I don't think we're going to get Starbucks, but come on out, you know, and she well, did, and she did. But. It is just a picture of like, you, you know, yeah. and, and, he, and hear us, not what we're not saying, because Ann Mara is like amazing at her job and works with people who, who have every sort of educational difference that you can imagine 
And from yeah. every single background of trauma that you can imagine. I mean, the things that we see a lifeline from countries all around the world yeah. and, and just yeah. things that just pop up all the time. Your experience is just probably unlike, unlike a lot of people just in the world, <laughs> I, I would think. Yeah, um, and yeah. we're not saying that diagnoses aren't real that, and, yeah. that, nah. and that those things aren't credible. And because nah. I think both of us know what it's like to live. Yeah. And struggle to try to measure up, you know, um, and we know what so many kids out there are dealing with and adults are dealing with. It's a matter of identity. It's not Mm -hmm. a matter of what category we need to put you into so that we can help you catch up. Right. Yeah. It's just like the word trauma informed. I mean, you know, we have all, we have all experienced trauma, you know, and being trauma informed is just understanding that trauma, you know, and getting to where that trauma is and what, and understanding what that trauma is might uh, behaviorally, we might be seeing because of that trauma or what the effects of that trauma. And so it's the same thing with, with diagnosis and labels. I mean, they are real. It's true. There's not, we're not saying that at all. It's really just that we want to be informed so that we can be helped to be equipped to be able to, 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 to work through with tools and strategies to help you to become stronger and become the men and women God's created you to be, you know, or us to be. And so it's, it's kind of just, it, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's that identity, who, who you are in Christ, you know, who you have the capability of becoming, who God wants you to be. We're not all going to be A students. We're not all going to be doctors. We're all going to be lawyers or, or, you know, we might not, not all, you know, be whatever it is. I, I, you know, I'm never going to ride a motorcycle. I'm never, you know. <laughs> you I mean, might. <laughs> now, now you've I'm said right. it. Now I'm you've right. said it. And so now it has to happen. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I might. I could. I could. I have to believe that I can. But, you know, that's what it comes down to is that confidence of who we are. And as a teacher, as an educator, as a parent, you know, I really, that's, that's what motivates me is that want to see that in other people, you know, and see that in kids and, and that, that belief that you are who God has created you to be. And that with that, there, there's just value in that. There's you know, so there's much value. value. So I yes. was listening to a podcast not too long ago. They honestly kind of changed my life a little bit because it made me think about, it was about spiritual warfare and it made me think about who I was differently and just things that I always accepted. So I've talked about before that I used to struggle with fear, but didn't realize it was fear. I thought that Mm -hmm. it was just normal to kind of walk around and always have this inner dialogue telling you Mm -hmm. all the time that like you're wrong or this isn't right and you messed up. And so I kind of thought that that was normal and it's, it's not. So if anybody's listening and that's what they're, their um Mm -hmm. their thing is Mm -hmm. it's not it might be your normal for right then because I lived like Mm -hmm. that for a long time but you don't have to live like that because in Christ we um we are created for more than that and God loves us so much you know the Bible says Mm -hmm. that nothing can separate us from his love but Mm -hmm. how many of us really love live like that they Mm -hmm. live with that understanding and so I've heard probably no less than 500 times in the last 15 years you know, God loves you, you know, mm-hmm. people don't understand how much God loves you, but I don't think people really understand that statement. Mm-hmm. Like it really, because if you really truly got an understanding for what that meant, we would live, mm-hmm. we would live different. Like mm-hmm. the mean thing somebody said to us, it wouldn't take us out because we mm-hmm. like, but cause I, cause of who I am in Christ. And so, you know, mm-hmm. even, okay. So second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, mm-hmm. the, the new has come. So if mm-hmm. you think about that, but then there's people right now who obsessively think about the mistake they made a year ago, mm-hmm. obsessively think mm-hmm. about all the, the mean things somebody said to them as a child. And I'm not trying to downplay those as not being important. They, mm-hmm. they, that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. my hope is that people are kind, you know, mm-hmm. I hate the reason why I work within foster care and adoption is because I hate the kids have to go through trauma as a kid, but I don't think we're designed to live with that baggage every single day and not right. renew our minds of who we are yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then I think again, again, that kind of gets back to, you know, God has called us to, um, to love him, body, mind, and soul. And sometimes, sometimes folks, a lot of times, me included, I mean, I've got my journal sitting here in my scripture and, and the people that I go to, 
you know, we need help. We, we're, we're built for community. We're built to be together. So that's why it's so important that, you know, we do have, have that, that our churches and our people that we know that we can call out to, to remind us, you know, I love the, the Rembrandt picture, um, of, of, uh, of Moses and Aaron and her on both sides of him holding up his arms so that, yes. so that they won't fall. So the battle, as long as his arms are up, the battle is being won out in front of them. But as soon as his arms come down, he's being defeated and he needs his friends. He needs his community out there reminding him of the promises of God, reminding them that it's okay. And even I, I read something in second Samuel the other day where it was talking about again, David, you know, is a, is in, in a battle with the, with the, with the giants. I can't remember which ones they were. It wasn't David and Goliath, but it was a later, it was actually towards the end of David's life. And, and his, his, his servants or his, his army came because David was tired and weary and, and they came and they, they helped him. They defeated this giant that was about to come after David with a 300 pound sword, you know, and again, here is, you know, just a picture of the community embracing and coming around. And I think, uh, you know, God does whisper. He is our dwelling place. We do have those promises that we can go back to. But so much of it, like even yesterday, being on a call with uh, some Lifeline folks that are waiting, you know, have been waiting for two years to go, you know, internationally to get their children to bring them home and still don't have an end in sight, you know, when that's going to happen. And just remembering, you know, and seeing them, but also just being, it was, it was so touching for me just to think, wow, there's that verse in James, I think it's James 1 that talks about our steadfastness taking its full effect, you know, that patience that goes along and just being reminded of that, uh, you know, was just so encouraging. So I, I think there's there's that 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 still small voice that whispers, hey, you know, this is this is who I am and, and this is who you are. And you're right, we don't have to be afraid. You know, God God is there. But if it were not for community, I think that would even be harder. <laughs> oh, it would be it would be almost impossible. I mean, I think there's a reason. Like I've been in a community group even with my church for the last year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. two or three months or something like that. And not perfect, you know, can't make every group and, you know, there's always something going on, especially with COVID because it's like, okay, it's like the revolving door of like who has COVID this week, but it really has changed, you know, because you get to be in community with other believers who, who see things different, who hear things Mm -hmm. different, who had different life experiences. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I think all those things are important. All the things I just talked about, you know, mm-hmm. having dinner together and all those things, fellowship. But at the end of the day, there's an accountability to it, but mm-hmm. there's also an encouragement. Like that's what you just said earlier about like, I think Paul talks about encouragement so many times, encouraging mm-hmm. one another. And I think there is a reason, like there's all mm-hmm. these gifts and like even the gifts of the spirit and the mm-hmm. ones like hospitality and being encouragement, you know, an encourager, those just don't seem that cool to people, you know, like yeah. prophecy and all these other ones, they seem, but if people are not being encouraged, you can be the strongest person on earth or think you can be, and you'll mm-hmm. fall like everybody else because you're not being encouraged and everyone needs it because like mm-hmm. Satan's out here and he's trying to take you out. And so, you know, yeah. the thing is yeah. he's out here trying to destroy your relationships or cause you to be fearful about something or, or you know, change your circumstances. So, you know, not because he even cares about the little money you have or all that stuff, because ultimately he wants to separate you from God. He wants you to believe that God doesn't love you. And that's a lie. And so if you don't have anybody around you in community encouraging you, and if we just live these solitude lives, you know, in a basement somewhere with our Bibles, I think we would, we'd stumble a lot more. But yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, even that's so true. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, with even with like the, the, the children that we work with and the families that we work with at Lifeline, I mean, you know, what, what is the foundational piece of, of the ministry relationships, you know, what is the foundational piece of, of Christ in us relationship, his relationship with us, you know? So I, I think that that relationship piece I've been reading. Now, this is a great, um, 
Dr. Kurt Thompson, he is actually a neuroscientist who is a believer. And so he wrote a book called The Soul of Desire. And I have been reading it. Uh, uh, My husband, I just finished it, getting ready to go back and read it again, just because he talks about from uh, Psalm 27, where we, um, I think it's where we dwell with the Lord. We gaze upon his beauty and we inquire in his temple. And I mean, just just to, to think about that as uh, what our desire is, but also doing that within, you know, within community and within relationships. Um, another thing he says is that, you know, no one is born, no baby, no, none of us is born without looking to be loved and looking to be seen by someone and being known. And so I see that as our calling, you know, with the, with the expectant moms that we work with, with the children that are coming home, with the kids that are in foster care, with the families that are, that are, that are um, caring for these children, you know, being called to build relationships. And then that's when that, that, that fear factor, it comes, that, that's when we're able to understand and deal with our fight, flight, freeze responses, you know, and those behavioral responses is when we can get to that point where we're not so afraid, you know, absolutely. Um, that, that's all about, that's why the foundation of everything we do at Lifeline, just to, everybody's getting a mini lesson on Lifeline today, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> is, is, you know, Karen Purpose's teachings and connected parenting and but even outside of that like when I was getting my master's degree in social work like even at Harvard and all these places about around child development everything they're learning now is that things are they might have different words for it other than relationship it might be you know belonging or being a community or being in together but like everything that they're learning even about development and attachment is centered around relationship because that's how we're created like when you have a baby you're in relationship with the baby you're holding them and carrying them around and then you know they grow up and the relationship changes a little bit they can walk a little so you don't have to carry him as much but everything is based on our interpersonal skills with other people and I think the danger is people get hurt a lot in relationship everything we do is really through relationship and so the danger is you know I've been hurt too much so I just don't want to know anyone anymore or you know they you know we're talking about in the scope of even with your educational background Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe I was teased my whole life because I couldn't keep up with everything everybody was doing in school or they didn't like my speech impediment or they didn't like, you know, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. that way Satan can make you shun relationships when really relationships may be the path to your calling. Right. You know? Yeah. It may yeah. be the path to like, you you know, you yeah. never know. Someone might speak a word to you and you're like, never even considered doing that thing that you right. might say. And the idea that all that's going to come to us supernaturally one day without anyone else, being in community with anyone else, I think is just not biblical and it's mm-hmm. not wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it is it's definitely a, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for our community, you know, and, um, and I, and I see that, you know, in so many people, like even we were um, a, a part of a, a pregnancy counseling center, you know, a couple days ago, and just um, being able to <clears throat> hear, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks that are looking to be loved, you know, so we have opportunity. It's great. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, the opportunity and, is there. And you do that well. So like, I mean, like I said, you've done educational screening on my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, I've interacted with you a lot. Like, I just feel like anybody that you're doing these screenings on or doing, you know, your tutors that are doing helping kids, like they feel yeah. that. And I think that's important. I mean, it's important mm-hmm. that they get the screening. It's important that we try to identify the thing yeah. that maybe they're not doing the best in at school so that we can give them the accommodation that they need. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if it was someone who didn't give off that love of God to other people, it wouldn't have the same impact. And I think that's what they're getting from you when yeah. they're when they're when they're getting all the things that you know how to do yeah. and have picked up over yeah. the years. So I think yeah. that's something I want to touch on. So go back to you talked about transforming minds. Yeah. I guess connect yeah. us to how that started and then to the next thing you did. Yeah. So uh, once the once new beginning started. Um, oh, I said it wrong. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, that, no, no, that's okay. Huh? Once new beginning started, uh, we did um, the majority of the kids that we worked with were from adopted backgrounds or in foster care, and so um, and then also um, 
So, you know, I, I like to think, like I told you, I like to think of the brain, you know, that the science part of the brain is important. And so once we started really digging into what it meant to be trauma informed, and then also at the same time, I also had um, the opportunity, my daughter actually was a part of a cognitive developmental fitness program where it really worked with her to kind of help with processing speed because we identified that as a, uh, a, a weakness that she could work on to help her academically and working memory, which was, you know, just the ability to use uh, the information that she had, but she didn't know how to articulate it or get it down. And then, you know, couple that with processing speed and it became, you know, difficult and it, that started affecting her grades. Well, it affected her grades all the way through. And so, you know, we had done so many different tools and techniques and strategies for her and um, nothing seemed to be clicking. You know, we we're always looking for that piece in the puzzle to kind of fit it all together. And, and um, so uh, we were introduced to something a little bit different that I necessarily hadn't learned from in school, but it was a, it's a cognitive fitness or educational therapy. And the goal is to strengthen the cognitive core, being that motor sensory development, uh, being, you know, social emotional development, and executive functioning development, you know, that thinking brain, and really kind of thinking the, of, of the brain from a whole brain perspective, and not necessarily just what are those academic gaps. And so she started taking place, uh, started uh, this program, and I started, we just all started seeing differences. I mean, it was really, really neat. And so I thought, you know, if we're seeing her make these gains, um, and like even the, the games to a point that her math tutor, who she had had for three years, um, came up to us uh, after about three weeks of being a part of the program. And we didn't tell anybody we were doing the program. We just kind of slid it in there and a private in a private setting. And he came up, he said, I'm not sure what you're doing differently, but it's clicking for the first time. And so for me, that was OK. This is what this is the thing we're doing differently. And it wasn't that she went from being to an A student, you know, in math. I mean, she didn't. But all of a sudden, she was able to tell me and use her words that, hey, this is this. I'm understanding this. It's clicking. I'm getting it. And um, so I was like, hey, if this is working for her, then we're going to start implementing this program, this plan into the kids that we're working with at New Beginnings. And we really began to see gains in their cognitive ability to think and how to think. And now it came from, and it's different for every child, obviously, you know, some of it is, uh, but it really came from the perspective of, of not just your executive functioning skills, which is where we tend to go to when our kids are having academic problems uh, or struggles or challenges. But we really took it from that, from the, from the base of the brain, you know, what is, what, where, where is her, what is her motor development look like? What is her, you know, sensory development look like? What is her social emotional development? What, what's going on with her fight, flight, and freeze? What's causing the triggers? You know, what is triggering her to go into hers, which freeze, you know, mindset and, and then being able to strengthen, use these tools, these brain games is what it is is games that we play to strengthen those areas to help those neurons, you know, fire so that they can wire together and that she can perform academically. So, or they can, and we began to see games um, across the board. And so- And what was the name of this program, Amar? The program is called Equipping Minds. It's really a cognitive fitness program. Um, That's just the that's the brain game piece. It's not necessarily the motor development, motor, motor um, sensory or the social emotional, which is the trauma informed piece. Um, so we at Lifeline or what we've done at Bridge and even what we did at New Beginnings is we kind of created our own holistic kind of program. So there's not this, I can't really say, hey, there's a curriculum out here that you can go and pick up, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's a mixture. And that's something you get from special ed teachers, which is hard, <laughs> you know, is that we don't, there's not a, 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 a box curriculum that you can go and pick, you know? Well, well um, and I, I'm assuming it's because you work with so many different types of students with different, I mean, there isn't like special education class one for kids that only deal with this. And then special, yeah. you know, my, my sister's a special education teacher and I've, yeah. I, I had the privilege of 
years ago visiting her class when she's there and she's really really good at what she does but you know I was kind of blown away by just the differences and needs of every single child and having to meet the whole classroom yeah on on that level yeah right relate to yeah yeah and equipping minds the brain games can be adapted to um or the whatever cognitive fitness program you choose because we I mean we pull from other things I mean you know we do that's definitely but that's our foundational piece is the equipping minds is you know you can pull from other things and and but it can be adapted it can be used with children that are nonverbal all the way to you know kids that you know would would typically score, you know, in a high IQ. So what what we do uh, or how we've developed it is like we do what we call screening, which you mentioned earlier. And that screening is going to include, it's going to include a motor sensory kind of evaluation. We're not OT, so we're not able to, we're not diagnosing anything. We're really just trying to figure out what's going on underneath those academic struggles or those challenges. And so we're going to look at your motor sensory development and then we're going to use a checklist for the social emotional development. And then we're going to use an, a cognitive skills assessment that is not an IQ, uh, but it does help us to see what the working memory is and what the processing speed is and what the auditory. And that's really going to kind of help us to figure out where those struggles lie so that we can build that program to meet those particular needs or to, to not you know, we're not going to be able to change those needs, but we can strengthen them. We know that the brain can change. And so we're going to build that program based on that. And so that's kind of what we did. Uh, and uh, we've been developing that. And, and uh, again, it constantly is changing. But uh, then the tutors will take that information and uh, or parents can take that information. I mean, this is something that parents can do as well, too. It doesn't have to be a professional that does this. Um, but they, that you can take that information and then implement it, you know, in, uh, in your child's program, academic program, schools are doing it now, uh, which is super encouraging and, uh, those kind of things. So, yeah, so that's the goal is to really equip and empower and strengthen them socially and emotionally, academically and relationally, right. you know, and, and so it so, sounds like from your personal experiences with your daughter and yeah. then doing the program that you did before, just over the years, it's, it's turned into this very tailored way of meeting kids where they are and to come up with like a game plan, yeah. um, essentially. And what, what I love about what you do with Bridge is that you can have a situation where you're just like, I have no idea what's going on, but you are so skilled in so many different things and knowing all these little different pieces to be, which I don't say like you're like a, you know, a genie, but you just have so much information. (laughs) Like, Anmar, I have heard you talk before. You're like, I just read another book. I just read this other book. And you're like (laughs) constantly reading a new book, constantly listening to a new podcast. Like you, you, I just feel like you have so much information. I feel like that's probably constantly even evolving the services that you provide because you're always learning. Well, I love to learn. And I mean, and, and, and no, none of this is my idea. I mean, I totally, you know, use resources. <laughs> I mean, God is, you know, I do love to read, which is funny. I mean, I used to hate to read growing up and was, I was not a good reader at all. And so that's a whole nother story. And so, but, uh, but I, I love to read. Uh, sometimes I have to read things two or three times, uh, you know, or go back and different things like that. I've learned to love to listen. <laughs> and so I haven't <laughs> always been like the best listen? listener. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but what I, yeah. but what I love about what you're saying though, is just like, Sometimes I really think the thing that causes us the most grief, it's like, I can't learn to do this thing, is the thing that God wants to use for our calling, specifically. So it's like, you're the person that's saying, I hated to read, couldn't get through a book, didn't like to do all these things, and now I have never talked to you, and you're not telling me what book you didn't just finish. So I'm like, I I just feel (laughs) like that is a cool picture of how the stumbling block, I think, that you might think is there to take you out, or you might think, I'll never get this may yeah. actually be just the opposite. It may be the thing that you're one day going to excel at. It might be the thing that yeah. you're yeah. going to, God's going to use you for to bring him glory. Yeah. yeah. And it is. And, and, you know, and I don't, 
I, I, I mean, I do have a lot of a uh, probably surface knowledge of, you know, some things, you know, but not, there's so much out there to learn. I mean, isn't it just, isn't it a beautiful thing that God has just opened up doors, you know, for us to just take in information of different things. And, and just, I, I just, um, I, I really enjoy, you know, I enjoy that part of it, but I really, I, I think that, you know, um, it's it's also I want to I want to help others to develop that as well too you know and um, so yeah I mean it's it's fun it's good I do think God uses so many different uh, our weaknesses to make us stronger. <laughs> oh absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, think yeah. about it. Like, if we didn't have weaknesses, what would what would we need Jesus for? Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I think that's the thing that some people I think miss. It's the core of really fundamental Christianity. It's like yeah. I don't have it together. I need yeah. you, Jesus. <laughs> like, like I, I, I just, I don't. And so I yeah. love that. So yeah. to connect yeah. all this, you know, I love your passion for education and your desire to give students and parents and those who are advocating for vulnerable kids, the tools they need to succeed. Um, mm-hmm. How do you connect that, do you think, to your purpose in life? Like, your desire to do the thing that mm-hmm. God's called you to do. Um, yeah. But what is that? And how does that change over the years? Because I'm sure that looks different decade to decade. It looks different every two years. Even at Lifeline, you know, year two look, look completely different from year three, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. one of those things of like, I feel like God is constantly growing us and changing us and nothing is fixed. My perspective yeah. today is going to be completely different than my perspective in a year. And so yeah. what do you yeah. think that looks like as far as calling and like the yeah. common thread through your whole life? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think as far as we are, my husband and I are at a different, are at a different stage now, you know, uh, our kids are grown and we are experiencing somewhat of an emptiness. They're not all out of the house yet, but uh, <laughs> somewhat of an emptiness. And so, you know, I have thought a lot about that very question is, you know, what does, does that look like now? You know, and, and I definitely think I, we both are, are passionate about, you know, being involved in our church, you know, and, and that, and being driven, but also, I mean, James one twenty seven. I mean, I think God is very clear in what he's calling us to do is to be a part of our community, to be a part of our church, be a part of our jobs and, and, and not just to sit back. I, it's funny. I read this quote just the other day. It was an Augustine, St. Augustine quote. It says the whole life of the good Christian is a holy longing. That is our life to be trained by longing. And so I think as I, as I get older, I mean, I am old. And so as I get older, I think I'm old. Um, then I think it's, <laughs> it's for that longing, uh, that longing to, 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 it really is a true longing to glorify God in whatever he has called us to do. And uh, right now that's bridge educational services right now. That's, working with families and children that right now that's training, you know, other bridge tutors right now, you know, that is, um, and there's a, there's another, I've been, one of my goals, you know, 2022, it's only a weekend and, you know, I've already, I've, you know, I'm trying to, you know, set those goals and keep them, but it's really to, to, as I'm looking through scripture, really to start down writing it on the verbs that jump out at me in scripture. And so here's a list of verbs that, I'm, and again, this is just week one. Don't ask me at the end of the year how many, I may only have these these verbs. I mean, I may tomorrow, I, it may go out the door. But anyway, but it's a seek, savor, and share, dwell, gaze, and inquire, enlighten, hide, and leap, read, reflect, respond, and rest. And so those are the verbs that just this past week jumped out at me in the I different scripture. And so, and I, I look at those and I think, okay, all right, Lord, you know, <laughs> we can, uh, we can do this. So I don't know if that answered your question. I think it I did. did. I think yeah. it did. And I'll tell you why I think it did, because I thought about this. I had this thought earlier of like, no one who is searching for some sort of calling or purpose um, in life can just open the Bible and say, this is specifically tailored to me. I'm supposed to go out here and start a hot dog business or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there are commands 
to mm-hmm. do things that are a part of that calling. So like what you're mm-hmm. saying, being in community, caring for the fatherless, um, mm-hmm. caring for the widow, um, mm-hmm. loving our neighbor, mm-hmm. loving God, bringing him glory every day. Those mm-hmm. are very specific and tangible things that might seem very broad to someone, but you can look at one 24 hour day and ask yourself, have I done that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, have I been yeah. kind to someone else? Have I mm-hmm. thought about the orphan crisis in the world? Have yeah. I, you know, we say a lifeline, you don't, everyone's not called to foster a child, but you mm-hmm. could support another foster family. You can take mm-hmm. them paper plates. You can take them a meal. You can mm-hmm. start a foster care and adoption ministry or help at it at your church. And mm-hmm. so on the way to figuring out what that thing is for some people, I think those are the some of the things that you should be doing dwelling like you said the 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 um verb you said mm-hmm. dwelling with the lord and resting yeah. like you know i was reading hebrews 4 the other day of just like this this posture of rest and just being kind of like open handed of like mm-hmm. i'm not going to get bit out of shape with every little thing i don't understand and this groaning of like when is it going to happen i'm just going to wake up and do what i know to do and bring mm-hmm. you glory every day god and yeah. on the way to that somehow i think if you look back over your life you'll mm-hmm. see this common thread of where you were supposed to be going anyway. Yeah. And so I, I feel it. like that's your life. Like yeah. that's your life anymore. Like it's, yeah. it's this, this thread of education. I don't know where it's going, you know, in 10 mm-hmm. years, maybe you're like, I'm done with education. I'm never doing this again. But I think even <laughs> if you said that, whatever you did would still have some connectivity to the rest because yeah. God is crafting the story, not us. I think yeah, mm-hmm. I think when we get bent out of shape, it's because we're so focused on the, what is it that you want me to do? When really mm-hmm. that'll come if you're just living every day to, to glorify him. Yeah, amen. That's exactly right. I mean, I want, yeah, that's it. That's so, that's so, that rings true, true in so many ways. I mean, especially, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, when I, it, well, and I know we're finishing up, but you know, when a family calls sometimes, I just, I, I, the first thing I want to say is, hey, let's just breathe, you know, let's breathe and hey, let's, let's pray, you know, because again, you know, God is writing this story. You know, uh, I, I kid, I used to kid with, I haven't said this in a while, but maybe I should, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, uh, if a family's really struggling with potty training, you know, really, really struggling. And I usually can say, and, and, you know, the child's two, three years old and potty training is just as is, is just an, a really challenge. I'll say, you know, when they're 20, they're probably going to be potty trained. I mean, they probably are, you know, <laughs> you know, and so it's okay if they're not potty trained by, you know, 16 months or whatever it is. You yes, know? <laughs> it is. yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, so, and that's okay. But you know, you are, I mean, it, and, um, I, I hear my husband say this all the time. I mean, let's just get up and do the next right thing. You know, Emily P. Freeman has a book out that the next right thing, and you know, and that's I really I, I I'm I'm right there. I want to do whatever the next right thing is, and and for me right now to understand what that is is to dwell, and is to inquire, and is to gaze upon God's beauty, and and inquire in His temples and pray, and He's going to like you said so beautifully. He's writing that story. And for me to be a part of that story and not me try to write my own story. <laughs> I love it. And I think it, and how gracious is God to be that we, Carrie and I, the last episode had this sort of very similar discussion of what you're talking about with that potty training example. That's an eternal perspective. When yeah. we're zoned in today and I'm frustrated because I have to keep changing sheets or the potty training isn't going the way that I want. I am yeah. very zoomed in on this little spot of my life. It is very yeah. small, but yeah. if I can look at it zoomed out It doesn't seem like that big of a deal at all. And it takes a posture of really surrender that takes trust and it takes dying to self and then it takes really just casting down the fear that all of us experience. It's just that, will you listen to that fear? Um, 
to really yeah. get out of that. And I've been yeah. there. I've, I've, I'm that person that's like, when is this going to happen? I hear something from yeah. God today and then I'm like, okay, let's go, God. Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that know. is just not how God works. <laughs> like he, yeah. he's perfecting you. He's sanctifying you every day. Yeah. And if he just gave it to you every time you saw it or gave it to you every time you wanted it, you'd have no maturity and faith and you'd just be this person that was just a spoiled brat, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's, yeah. it's this thing of just like, we don't, we can have an yeah. eternal perspective, but also at the same time, have enough grace for the day that we're in. Um, I wake up, yeah. I do what, what you have called me to do. I don't know the whole picture, God, but I know yeah. it includes being kind to others. It includes yeah. serving others. It includes yeah. being obedient and faithful for what you've given me if it's $5 or if it's a million. And yeah. if I do that, you'll direct my path to where I'm supposed to go. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Psalm 73 says, you know, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, and if I could wake up and I can go to sleep, you know, and who knows what happens in between? <laughs> it's not perfect, is it? I mean, you know, we. I want to be, I guess another word, you know, everybody picks a word for 2022. And um, and the, my, my word that I chose this year, I stole it from my husband's last year, is uh, just presence. I want to be present. You know, I want to be present in the moment, in today, in right now. And, um, and whatever, you know, that, that looks like is just, to establish that, that, that presence. And so pray for me because, you know, you know, (laughs) Satan also loves to have a heyday with that too. So, (laughs) well, he does. And you know what, it's just one of those things, like the Bible says, his mercies are new every morning. That's right. And I think we don't spend enough time thinking about that because we want to be in next month and we want to be in next week. And so if you're listening and maybe you're going through a rough time, all of us have had rough seasons or times yeah. when we didn't understand why God, like, I don't understand why this is happening this way. I don't right. see, I don't see the thing. I don't see it. Like, you know, and it doesn't make sense and, and you, you fall by the wayside, but yeah. God sees it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. If I know him and I dwell with him every single day and I give my gifts to him, I give my talents to him. I give my time to him. I prioritize spending time with him in my day because he is God. And I know whatever plan he has for me is better than anybody else's. Then it all seems to come together some kind of way. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I I love that word surrender. That might have to be my 2023 word surrender. (laughs) I love that. Well, I stole that from um, Jenny Allen's book, get out of your head. So that is from, I love her and I love that book. That book changed my life. Um, and so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that came from. Not from me, but I do, I do love it. And I do think about that a lot now of this idea of how do I just surrender to you? So Amara, I just want to give a little snapshot to people. So if they're listening and they're like, okay, what's all this stuff? And so maybe perhaps you're a foster parent or you're an adoptive parent, or perhaps even you're interested in foster care adoption, or you're mm-hmm. parenting a child that's a relative, a, a child mm-hmm. of a relative that you're parenting, and they mm-hmm. come from a, um, from trauma, have had some really mm-hmm. hard experiences in life. Um, maybe tell them how they can work with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I do work at Lifeline. And so, you know, my email is just my name, which is kind of long. It's Ann, A-N-N, Mara, M-A-U-R-A dot Hinton, H-I-N-T-O-N, at lifelinechild.org. And I love to connect with people. So if you shoot me an email and say, hey, you know, um, this is this is what's, you know, going on, or I'd love to, you know, schedule a call, I'd be happy to talk with you. If I'm not the best resource, I will, I will find a resource for you. That's one thing I love about Panna too, is we are all about connecting people, you know, to the right folks. So, um, if there's something I can help you with, or I can connect you with someone else on our bridge team, uh, I would be, I'll be happy to. So um, we work with children that are in care. We work with children that have come home from adoption, but we also work with children that just um, have learning struggles that maybe your biological child has a, has some learning struggles and you're trying to figure out what, uh, what that is, what's the best course of action we do work with schools and IEPs and 504s and just kind of help to mediate that, that navigate that journey. 
uh, for folks and work, you know, alongside of schools. We also do workshops and professional development for schools and for um, um, just different organizations as well, just on the neuroscience of the brain and learning. We like to call it the integrated mind because it's a holistic approach to the mind. And um, so, yeah, I would say the best way would be just to shoot me an email and I'd be happy to connect and um, reconnect or whatever, whatever we can do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. And I love what you said about you'll, you'll work with any student. Cause like I said, Amar has worked with my daughter. And so yeah. um, we will put all that information in the show notes. We'll put mm-hmm. um, Lifeline's information in the show notes. We'll put Amar's email and her background and how you can get in touch with her. And that way, mm-hmm. if, um, if anyone's looking for a solution for educational struggles, then they can work with you. So yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Tanya. Yeah. This is great. I'm yeah. I'm I'm so excited that uh, you are doing this and and been brave enough to to take this on. And I really appreciate it. It's been well, fun. Thank you so much, Amara. Thank you for being on the show. And you know, this podcast is really, as I've said before, was four years in the making. God kind of gave <laughs> me the vision for it years ago, and I really was not courageous enough. Um, so if you're listening and you don't feel like you have the courage to do the thing that you feel like God's calling you to do, just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> That's the- great. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Amara, for being, being with us. See y'all next week. Yeah. Bye-bye.